0: Just continue to play that. We're going to continue our worship just for a moment right now. And I want to read to you from Philippians chapter 4. Verse 15, Paul says, You Philippians know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent gifts for my need several times. He said, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that's increasing to your account. But I have received everything in full, and I have an abundance. I am fully supplied and have received uh, from someone that they sent what you provided, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And he makes this famous statement, my God will supply all your needs. All of your needs today, God's going to supply not according, to, not according to your riches, according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Let me read it from the Amplified Bible. It says this, my God will liberally supply. He's gonna fill to the full your every need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. But I want you to catch something here today because he makes this statement. He said, nobody shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving giving and receiving. I want you to know something, and I, I preached about this a couple of weeks ago. I, I believe the Lord wants to get us to a place where we're, we're not connected to this world system for our, our resources, for our supply. We're, we should be connected to God for our supply because he's the one who's gonna supply to us. And I believe in this season that we're in, there's some people, maybe you're watching today, maybe you're here in the room and you've, you're out of work. And you say, I don't know what to do. Well, I can tell you what to do. Give and you'll receive. As you give, you're going to receive. Listen, this is not about us building an offering. This is about you getting off of that world and getting your dependence on Jesus Christ for every single need that you have in your life. We've got we've got about, I don't even know, just a handful of people in the room this morning we're gonna we're gonna take an offering because again it's not about our it's not about our offering it's about it's about us looking to Jesus for our supply. You can give right where you are at home if you want to. But I have I have an usher even in here this morning, and uh, oh I've got two ushers. Do I see a third? Okay, we got two ushers. Come on down, guys. And this morning, if you want to give, if you want to partner with us, and listen, I, I've I've made this comment. And I'm just going to say it again. I believe during this season, there is going to be an abundance in this house. There's going to be an abundance of provision. There is going to be no lack. And in fact, we're going to, we're going to see the Lord's supply bigger than we have in days when we, when we have people in the room. But I believe there's going to be an abundance and not just for us, for you okay for every one of you no matter what your work situation is i believe you're going to see an abundance and it's i I want to tell you it's not coming from the government now they may they may send you some money but your provision is not coming from the government it's not coming from your job it's not coming from all these other things those might be good resources but god's the one who's going to bring it into your house as you're faithful to do what he said to sow and to reap and so let me, let me pray for you right now. If you'd like to give online, you can do that. I think on your screen, you see a couple things there. You can go to our church. It's probably, our church website is probably the easiest way, afachurch.net, and uh, you can click on the give button and do it that way. But let me pray for you. Lord God, we just thank you this morning that we get to be participators with you. Lord, that you're looking for us to be faithful. You said you're going to supply all of our needs according to to your riches and glory. But Lord, we gotta be faithful to do something. We gotta be faithful to give so that we can receive. Because if we withhold things, you can't, you can't pour out blessings on us that, that we can't contain. If, we, if we're gonna be stingy, you want us to be givers. You want us to be like Isaac who sowed in a year of famine and saw a hundredfold return. The, the famine didn't determine his his harvest. What he sowed determined his harvest. And I thank you, Lord, that during this season, it might be a season of famine for some people, but that famine does not affect their harvest. What affects their harvest is when they're faithful to give. And Lord, I thank you that you're faithful to provide for all of our needs according to your riches and glory. And so, Lord, we thank you for blessing your people. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you this morning. Amen. Hey, right where you're at, I want you just to agree with me right now lord god we thank you lord that you do have it all we give you everything we are we give you everything we have everything every thought in our head every word we speak every everything about us belongs to you we commit ourselves to you lord we trust in you right now in the middle of what we're facing in the middle of our situation we're going through. We trust you, Jesus, and we thank you that you're going to do abundantly, exceedingly above what we can ask, what we can imagine. Even good things are in store for us. I thank you, Lord, that you've got goodness in store for your people in this season. Lord, I thank you, like it says in Psalm 23, that goodness and mercy are following us. Lord, you've got things following after your people today, right where they are. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to do it. You're going to bless them. You're going to just speak to their hearts today in the name of Jesus. Say amen with me. Thank you, worship team, for coming in today. We appreciate you guys. And this morning, I want to share a word with you. And I want to thank you all for tuning in today and for joining us, a few of you in the room. And uh, so glad that you're here, so glad that you're watching. Um, Maybe this is your your first time watching AFA uh, Church online. I don't know, maybe you're watching from all, it could be all over the the world, and we're so glad that you're watching with us. Um, We believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we're going to preach the word of God unashamed and not backing down, no matter what's going on around us, we still believe this word is truth. Amen. And so I want you, hey, if you got your Bibles, I want you to go to Mark chapter 10. I want to share a word with you today. And I was thinking about all these things going on in the world, and, and um, I, came, I came across this book that I had in my office. Someone had given this to me years and years ago, and I, I kind of put it away and forgot about it. But it, it's called The Worst Case Scenario. Survival handbook. And I thought, if there was ever a time for the worst case survival handbook to be pulled out, now's the time. So I pulled it out and I thought, let me let me see what this thing says about pandemics. You know, because if there's if if there's ever a worst case scenario, I think we're there. I've managed, I've been pastor here now for one month. I have managed to take the church down to a hundred people, and then down to fifty people, and now we're down to ten people, praise the Lord. Okay? It's the worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah, it's, I know it's not my fault, okay? I'm not blaming myself, but, but I am thinking, I wonder what we are gonna do, Lord. And so I started looking through this book and I, I didn't find anything in here about pandemics or what to do. And I found some information though, about things like how to escape from a falling elevator you know, I think maybe the concern now is if you're in an elevator with other people, but it doesn't say anything about that. How to, how to jump from a moving train. Well, maybe if you see a virus on the train, but I, I, I didn't see anything about a pandemic. I did see how to escape from a shark. And you probably know this, you've heard this before. What do they tell you to do? You punch the shark in the nose. I don't know if this is scientific information, But that's what it tells you to do, punch a shark in the face. And then I read about an alligator, how to get away from an alligator. You know what they tell you to do? Punch it in the face. I don't, again, I don't know that there's a lot of thought going into some of this. But then I read about bears. How do you get away from a bear? You want to punch it in the face, right? But no, that's not what they tell you to do. Lay down and play dead. Okay, I heard somebody say, who came up with that? The bears, right? Cover yourself in honey, too, and that will be good. The bears hate that, yeah. Um, but it seems like we should just punch it in the face. Well, what do we do in the middle of our situation? I guess that's I like I like punching things in the face. I would rather, I, if the pandemic wants to, that's kind of how I want to react to things. A pandemic, let's punch it in the face. But you know, in the middle of all these things going on, the world's telling us here's how we have to behave. Here's how we have to act. And I was I was praying about this situation the other day, and I said, Lord. What would you do, Jesus, if you were still here on earth? How would you handle the pandemic? Because that's I've kind of got to the point where I, I only want to act like him. I only want to think like him. I only want to speak like him. I only want to do what I feel like he would do. And so I said, Lord, what would you do if you were still here on this earth? And you know what I felt so strong in my spirit. You know what I felt the Lord speak to me? He said, I am. I am. I'm in you oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're in me. So what does that mean? I get to act like Jesus. Hey, if you're, if you're, if you're watching this morning, you get to act like Jesus. Now I need you to help me out a little bit because you know I don't like when people are quiet in the room and we've got just a small group of people here this morning. So I want you, if you're watching online, and I think we've got somebody watching the live stream maybe, yeah, we'll, we'll take volunteers. Um, hopefully it's still streaming. So if you're watching this morning, I want you to take a second, and I want you to type amen for me. it just make me feel better. You can type whatever you want to, one or two words, and and somebody up there is going to shout it out at me as long as it's appropriate, okay? And uh, just encourage me a little bit. And uh, you know, but I was was driving down the road the other day, and I I had the the radio on, and I I didn't... It was K-Love, and I didn't like the song that was on there. That happens to me sometimes, and so I flipped the channel... Um, just, like, flipping channels. I've got to find something better than this. Um, God bless him. I, love, I like K-Love most of the time, but I didn't like that one. So I was flipping it, and I came across this song. Some of you will know it. Staying alive, staying alive. Oh, oh, oh. And I stopped and listened for, listened for a minute. I'm like, yeah, staying alive, staying alive. That's what the world's trying to do, staying alive. They're trying to stay alive, and they're in panic mode because they don't know how to stay alive. And here's what I feel like. We're not trying to stay alive we're trying to stay in life cuz Jesus called us to walk in abundant life. He said this, he said the enemy's come to steal, to kill and destroy, but I've come so that you can have life and have it more abundant. I've been preaching about this for a while now. We're going to get it one day. I'm going to get it. But he we're not trying to stay alive, we're trying to stay in life. Come on, somebody type amen. Okay. In Psalm 91, I read this to you this morning. With long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. We're not struggling to stay alive. Our struggle, our fight is the good fight of faith to stay in abundant life. you got to stay in life. See, listen, I said this the other day. The thing that's trying to keep you out of abundant life is fear. All this stuff going on around us, and I know we continue to hear this, but it's, it's the truth the enemy is trying to get you out of abundant life. He's trying to steal the word of God out of you and get you to a place where you're fearful because when you're fearful, you're not in abundant life. And see, fear works just like faith. They both look into the future, don't they? Fear looks into the future and says, uh-oh, what's going to happen? Uh-oh, we don't know about this. Uh-oh, we don't know about that. And that's how fear, fear and faith work the same way. They both look into the future But where fear sees uncertainty, faith only sees Jesus. That's what you got to do. You got to get your eyes on Jesus so you can live an abundant life. Listen, this is a faith walk. And I want to talk about faith a little bit today. This is is a faith walk that we're in. We got to live a faith life. The only way you can stay in abundant life in this season is to stay in faith. And this is not being critical of people who are home today. God bless you. we got rules to follow. This is not being critical of someone who's, who's gotten sick or anything else. No, 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 we're not being critical. But I want to encourage you today, we got to stay in faith. See, every one of us, we have, we have a responsibility to do what the Holy Spirit has told us to do. So in this time... I want to react a certain way, but I got to do what the Holy Spirit's told me to do, and you got to do what the Holy Spirit's told you to do, but you got you to learn how to walk by faith. And I want to I share this story, Mark chapter 10, and I feel like there's some things that the Holy Spirit was showing me about this season that we're in, and especially about how to walk in faith in the middle of a pandemic. And I want you to, verse, to look at verse 46. There's a story about a blind man. And we'll start here, verse 46. They came to Jericho. As he was leaving Jericho, this is Jesus with his disciples, a large crowd uh, was, was around him. And a guy named Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the road. And I want you just to take a second before we go any further. I want you to take a second and imagine what it must have been like to be a blind beggar. Well, even now would be difficult, but think about 2,000 years ago, what it must have been like to be a blind man. I remember we had a, a young blind man in our youth ministry in Nebraska, and I was so impressed with this guy, he could do anything. Just In fact, he could do a lot of things better than kids who could see, but it was difficult for him. I remember one time I took him to a lock-in, and there was a, an, an inflatable obstacle course, and he wanted to go through that, and I thought, oh, I'm responsible for you, man. I don't know that you should do it. And he said, no, no, I can do it. But he said, first, got to take me through and show me where everything is, and then I'll just remember it. I said, you can't remember all that. I can't remember. No, and he said, no, I'll, I'll get it. And I took him through and I showed him. He, he had it all down. He ran through that obstacle course faster than a lot of the kids that could see. But I want you to know something. It's a, it was difficult. It was harder for him. But imagine being blind 2,000 years ago, and there's no nice paved roads, there's there, you at some potholes here, imagine the potholes they had, walking down the road and you're blind. And you're, you're dependent on someone to take you where you need to go. You're dependent on someone to provide for you. In fact, there he is sitting by the side of the road. What's he doing? Begging, please help me. I don't have any, I don't have any way to provide for myself. Please help me. And he's sitting there on that side of the road, Every day, and, and he's hopeless. Hopeless. That's going to be his life until he dies. He's hopeless. He's spending his days begging. Listen, catch this. He's begging people to meet his needs. That's where a lot of the church is. That's where a lot of the world is. They may not be physically sitting there begging, but they're dependent on other people to meet their needs. So there he is. He's sitting by the side of the road and he hears, but he hears something. He hears some stories about a guy named Jesus. And they said, there's this guy named Jesus and he's going around doing all kinds of good things and he's preaching the kingdom of God. And he said, what, what's the kingdom? Tell me about that. And he said, well, okay. And they start telling him about what he's preaching. And they said, well, guess, guess what? Not, not just that. He's going around healing people. This blind guy sits up. He says, wait a minute. What Jesus is going around healing people suddenly there's hope. I want you to know something. We're not like the world that doesn't have any hope. You've got hope today. Right where you are, you've got hope because you've got Jesus. If you don't have Jesus today, you can't have hope. You just look to him. We got hope. So here's what happens. Look at verse 47. So Jesus begins to pass by. So this man knew who Jesus was. He, and it says when he heard that Jesus... The Nazarene was passing by, he began to cry out. And listen to what he cries out. He, he, he screams, Son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. Now, listen, I want you to catch something. You know why he said, Son of David? That was a reference to his Messiah ship. The fact that the son of David was going to be born, the Messiah was coming, and he would be the son of David. So when this man screamed out, Jesus, son of David, he's, he's acknowledging the fact that he believes that Jesus is the Messiah. I don't see up to this point anybody else making that kind of claim, at least not publicly. Even in, even in private, the disciples were a little bit, well, well Peter made a proclamation, but they, the rest of them didn't even really believe until he was resurrected. They weren't, he was, they weren't sure who he was. But here's this guy, some blind man on the side of the road. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Messiah. Jesus, have mercy on me. Listen, if you call out to Jesus, he's not going to ignore you. He started, this guy started calling out. And I want you to catch something. What, look at what the people around him do. Verse 48, the people told him to keep quiet. Hey, dude, shut up. We want to hear what Jesus has to say. We don't want to hear you. Dude, be quiet. But what happened when they told him that? He started crying out even more, even louder. Jesus, have mercy on me, son of David. He just keeps calling out. Listen, faith is bold. I want you to understand something. This guy had some faith now. He believed Jesus was the Messiah, and he, he put his faith in him. And faith is bold. Faith doesn't back down in the face of adversity, in the face of situations, in the face of a pandemic. Faith is bold. Listen, either this word is true all the time or none of the time. Come on. Either this word is true in the middle of your situation, in the middle of your pandemic. Now, your pandemic might be different from my pandemic. You might be going through something, but this word, either it's true all the time or none of the time. You don't have to, you're not facing this thing alone, but faith is bold and faith cries out. So Bartimaeus starts calling out the name of Jesus. Listen to something. The righteous are as bold as a lion. If when you're righteous, you can be bold. When you know you're righteous, you can, what does the word of God say? Boldly. Approach the throne of grace, but you got to understand something. You got to understand you're righteous. See, listen. I believe we're going through something right now in this season, and and I've been I've been thinking about this. You can disagree with me, and that's okay. But I feel like this this whole thing is designed by the enemy. It's designed to do something, and I I f- have felt like there's two main things the enemy is using in this hour. And it's not to give him more credit than than credit. I'm not trying to give him credit for anything, but I, I feel like there's a design behind this. And one of the things is to isolate you and to get you to shut up. I believe the enemy wants you in this hour to be silenced. He's trying to silence the church. So he's putting you in a place where you're isolated. And he thinks by doing that, he can keep you quiet. But I want you to know something today. Faith has a voice and faith speaks and you can't keep quiet. And I've been seeing something and you've been seeing something probably too. The the amount of the amount of the word of God that's been going out over the internet, I think has more than, more than 10 times what normally is out there, probably more than 100 times. I mean, the, I think what the enemy designed for evil, God's flipping it around for good. But listen, in this time, the enemy wants to silence you, but you got to stand up and let your voice be heard, amen? I'm not saying rise up against the government, rise up, against, I'm just saying stand up and speak the word of God in faith, and don't you back down. Don't you back down. Listen, people, the enemy, whoever are going to try to get you to shut up, you speak the word of God. Because either this is true all the time or none of the time. You decide what you believe. Amen. So people are going to try to get you to be quiet. They tried to get this guy to be quiet. Let him, hey, let him think you're crazy. It's okay. But he cried out, all the more he in fact he was persistent it doesn't tell us how many times he cried out but he just kept crying out jesus have he was he was about to get something he was believing for something he was hopeless and now he's got hope and hope didn't want to give up he kept shouting and shouting faith is persistent faith doesn't give up you know who's taught me about being persistent my kids have taught me about persistence they don't quit asking for stuff. They're, they're, maybe they're watching today. I'm talking about you, kids. <laughs> I, you better listen to me now. You know, sometimes they they come down and ask for things at the most just just frustrating times. I've just gotten up. It's early in the morning. I've just got my coffee in my hands, and here comes one of the kids, one of the little kids. Daddy, I want a lollipop. It's no, it's, it's, it's stupid early in the morning. You can't, and so, but you know how that goes when I tell them, no, it just be, I don't want to fight with them before I've had my coffee because then my adrenaline gets up and I can't drink my coffee. And so I, I try to ignore them. I just don't even, if I delo- don't look at them, don't pay attention, they won't notice me. You know that doesn't work. Daddy, I want to, daddy, I want, daddy, I want... you know what he's going to get? He's going to get a lollipop because I want him to go away and be quiet so I can enjoy my coffee. Kids are persistent. Your faith's got to be like that. Listen, it's not that you're trying to convince God of something. God wants to give you the best, but your faith has got to be persistent because sometimes we got faith that gives up after one time of asking. Sometimes we got faith that gives up as soon as there's a problem. Sometimes we got faith that gives up. As soon as it looks like I'm not going to get my answer, we quit. You got to have faith that keeps going in spite of whatever you're facing, in spite of the situation, in spite of what things look like, in spite of how terrible it might seem. No, your faith doesn't give up because it's your faith. That's going to go out and take hold of the promise of God. So here's this blind guy, here he is, but he's got something, he's got faith, he's got persistent faith and look what it says here in verse 49, Jesus stopped and he said something to him or he says something, he says, call him, call him. Hey, there's some hope right there, call him, look what happens. They called the blind man and he said, they said to him, have courage, get up. He's calling for you. So he throws off his coat. He jumps up and he comes to Jesus. I want you to understand something. When he got up, when he heard, hey, Jesus is calling you, it makes this little statement. It says he throws off his coat. Why does he throw off his coat? What's that about? Here's what I believe when you went out and you, if, you were a, if you were a blind man begging, you'd want to look like a blind man, wouldn't you? You'd want to look like a beggar, wouldn't you? You don't want to come out. Now, I don't, he might have not had anything nice anyway, but you don't want to come out wearing some nice suit begging because you don't look like you need it. He's going to wear his worst stuff. You know, hey, rip my clothes up a little bit more, put some dirt on them a little bit more, make it, you know what I mean? Now, I'm not saying he was acting because he was blind and he was a beggar. But that thing that he was wearing represented his identity, that he was a blind beggar. He's wearing the coat of a beggar. He's wearing the garment of a man who's not able to provide for himself. And so when they said, hey, Jesus is calling you, the first thing he does is he shrugs that thing. Why? Because he knows he's not going to need it anymore. Listen, faith comes expecting. Faith expects... To receive. Listen, you gotta expect to receive something when you ask. This guy was expecting a miracle. You gotta live in expectation of the good that God's promised for you. You gotta live in expectation that this word is gonna work for you. Come on, somebody type amen up there. I wanna hear something now. Come on. You got to live with expectation because faith expects to receive something from God. If, if you don't pay your taxes, you can expect to get a visit one day from the IRS. You can live with an expectation of the wrath of the government. That's going to be brought down upon your head in the, in the opposite way. When you have faith, and you believe God, you can live with an expectation, like I said earlier, that goodness and mercy are following after you. You can live with expectation that God is gonna do what he said he would do in your life. When you believe God, when you have faith, you can expect that this word is gonna work for you. Because listen, it's not faith in you, it's faith in him. And he's gonna do what he said he would do. Come on, somebody. Elijah built an altar, right? You know the story. He built an altar. He's there on the top of Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal. And he builds an altar. They had already built their altar. They'd already been calling out to their God, Baal. They've been cutting themselves. They've been doing all kinds of things. And Because Elijah said that God that answers by fire, he's the one true God. So he waits all day. And then it's Elijah's turn, and he says, he builds builds an altar. He says, go give me some water. And he begins to do what? Pour water all over that fire, all over the altar. And then he prays a simple prayer. And he says says to the Lord, Lord, show these people who you are. Demonstrate your your power and answer with fire. And and he, he prays a simple prayer, and what happens? The fire comes. But see, he had already prepared the thing. He'd already made a preparation. Why? Because he was expecting something. Yeah. He poured water on that. Why did he pour water on it? That seems, that, that's counterintuitive. No, he wants to show something that it's not magic, that it's not him, that it's not a trick. This is God answering by fire. And he's expecting God to do something. You need to start making preparations for God to do something in your life. Because see, we say, I believe God, and then we walk away. We try to handle everything ourselves. Why don't you start making preparations for God to answer by fire? Why don't you start making the preparations for the fire of God to come in your life? Because I'm expecting something. I'm expecting my miracle. I'm expecting my provision. I'm expecting a miracle in my family. I'm expecting whatever it is. I'm going to start making preparations for my miracle. Because faith expects something. See, Jesus said something. He came to give us abundant life. Why don't you expect it? You know why? Because you don't really believe it. Now, maybe I'm not talking to you all. I'm talking to you all. No, I'm just kidding. You got you to gotta expect it. They're all looking at me. I'm like They're upset, so it's okay. It's okay. You got to expect it. Because if, if we expected it, it's because we believe it. You got to start believing it. Here's what he says. Look at 1 John chapter 5, and we'll get back to poor Bartimaeus here in a minute. We left him blind. 1 John chapter 5, look at verse 14. Now this is the confidence. Somebody say confidence. Somebody type the word confidence. Come on, let me know that you're there. We have confidence before him. You know, that's an interesting word. What does confidence mean? If, if, I, if I have an assurance, if I have an expectation, if I, if I know that when I come to him, I can, I'm going to get an answer, I've got some confidence now. So it doesn't say we have this maybe possibility or we have this maybe something. It says we have this confidence before him. You've got confidence before God. Listen, that's contrary to the way a lot of the world thinks, isn't it? A lot, there's a lot of the, the church world that doesn't believe they have confidence. Somebody sent me a, a text message yesterday. They said, look at what the Pope just said. He said, for the next month, you all are allowed to go pray to God to yourself on your own. You're allowed to ask for forgiveness from God for yourself and whatever, because usually they got to go to their priests and stuff. But because of the virus, he was excusing them from having to go to confessions and things. And, and, and you know what the, and, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not going there right now, but I just, we, I just thought it was funny. I just thought it was funny because now during this virus, they're excused to do that. But what the issue is they don't have any confidence before God. They live with a possibility that maybe God will hear them. Um, I've heard I've heard some people say you can never really know for sure that you're going to heaven. You just hope that your good outweighs your bad. That is not what this book says. You know why they think that? Because they don't know what the word says. Listen, you have confidence before God, and here's the confidence we have: whatever, whenever we ask anything according to His will, what does He do? He hears us. God hears you when you ask him. When you talk to him, he hears you. We don't pray wondering if God is in heaven. We don't pray wondering if our, if our prayers are getting past the ceiling. When we pray, we have faith and expectation that God hears us. And go to that next verse. If we know he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked him for. If you know God hears you, you know what you've asked for. God, did you hear? Me? Yeah, he heard you. God, do I have? You? Yeah, you got it. Stop backing like you don't and start believing what this word says. But I don't see it. No, that's not how faith works, is it? Faith doesn't work by what I see, it works by what I what he told me. He told me that's good enough. If I tell my kids, hey, you're, we're, we're going on a trip tomorrow, they don't have to wonder if we're going on a trip, okay? They, well, I wonder, if, I wonder if that's really going to happen tomorrow. Do you think it's real? No, Dad said it. Come on, get in the car. Get your bags packed. It's time to go. But you know if they sit around the room and they don't pack their bags, and they say, well, I don't really know if we're really going on a trip. Well, come on, what's wrong with you? You're about to get a spanking now. You're supposed to believe me when I talk to you right? Don't send me your emails about spankings. I don't want to hear it. Um, We know what we have. We have confidence. We have expectation. We expect God's going to do what he said he would do regardless of what's going on in the world. His economy is not fixed to this economy. The kingdom of God is not dependent on what's going on in the world. Jesus didn't say, I've come to give you abundant life unless there's a pandemic. I can't do anything about that, guys. What would Jesus do right now? What you got to answer that. I know that's cliche. What would Jesus do? No, but think about it. What would Jesus do right now? And you need to do that because he's in you, isn't he? Isn't he? Somebody. Listen, maybe right now you find yourself out of work. That's a tough place to be. It's, I'm not making light of it. But we don't have our needs met because of our job. We have our needs met because of Jehovah Jireh. He's still Jehovah Jireh, my provider. That's what Abraham said when he took his son Isaac up on top of the mountain to sacrifice him. And the boy said, Where, where's, the, where's the sacrifice going to? We're at, that? I don't see a sacrifice. The Lord's going to provide. And then in that moment... As he was about to sacrifice his son, the Lord stopped him, and there was a ram caught in the thickets. How could he not have seen the ram before? Well, the Lord provided it at just the right time. And he said, that's that's the Lord, my provider. Abraham already knew before he saw the provision, he knew God was going to make a provision. Before you see the provision, you know the one who's the provider. See, your expectation is tied to your faith. If I believe it, I gotta expect it. So here's Bartimaeus. Where are we at? He threw his coat off. Oh, let me say this: you're not a beggar in the presence of a king. You're not a beggar coming before God, begging him for anything. When when Bartimaeus threw off his coat. He was was not identifying as a beggar anymore. You don't come before God as a beggar. He threw that thing off. Listen, you might might have to throw some stuff off you because some of us have the wrong idea about God and who God is and who we are. We got the wrong idea about who we are too. Listen, you're not just a nobody. You're not just a nobody. You've been made somebody. You've been made a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're a child of God. You're not just a nobody. You're, you've got somebody in you, and he made you somebody. So you might have to throw some stuff off you like, like blind Bartimaeus. you got to throw off your anxiety. you got to throw off your fear. you got to throw off your depression. you got to throw off your past. Because he's got something for you. He's calling you today. Listen, maybe you're watching today. I want you to know something. He's calling you. He's calling you. Listen, if you got things in your past and you say, God, no, God wouldn't want me. I want you to know he wants you and he's calling you. He says this in the, in the word. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. If anybody hears my voice, he can open the door and I'll come into him. Listen, he's calling you today. If you're away from God, you can come. You can turn to him right now. You don't even have to wait for the end of the message. You can pray right now. Lord, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. He's calling you, but you got to drop the past. So look what he says. Let me finish this story here. Verse 51. Jesus answered him, What do you want me to do for you? Why does he ask him that? Isn't that rude, Jesus? He's blind. Why don't you heal him? Why you ask him? What do you want, guy? Because, listen, he's giving him an opportunity to speak. Yeah. Thank you. He's giving him an opportunity to confess something, to say something, to speak his faith. Because faith's got to speak. Faith's got to come out of your mouth. So he speaks. He says, Lord, I want to see. See, you've got to let your faith speak out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth's got to speak. Whatever is coming out of your mouth is what's in your heart. You get this word in your, in your mouth, you get this word in your spirit, it's going to come out of you. In the next chapter, we'll go, we won't go there right now, but in the next chapter is the story of the, of the fig tree that withers. And Jesus spoke a word to that fig tree, didn't he? Remember the story? And he says, may nobody eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. There were some things coming out of Jesus' mouth, and everything that came out of his mouth happened. Let the word of God come out of your mouth. He was teaching, he was showing his disciples, whatever you ask for, you can have. Whatever you speak, you can have. Whatever you believe in your heart, you can have it. Amen? But you got to speak. you got to say something. you got to let this word come out of you. Look at verse 52, and I'm getting ready to close. Verse 52, Jesus says to the blind man, go your way. Go your way, Jesus told him. And then he, he says this, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. Listen, I want you to catch this word this morning. Jesus didn't say, hey, you're the, the, it's the love of God that healed you but the love of God was there. He didn't say it was the grace of God that healed you, but the grace of God was there. It wasn't, he doesn't say it was the power of God by the Holy Spirit working through me that made, me, made you well. That was all there. Every bit of that was there, but what allowed that man to access his healing? His faith. Faith in the word of God. Faith in who Jesus was and is made him well. So I want you to catch something. Faith goes out and takes hold of the promises of God. It's like this. How are you saved? For by grace are you saved, but you got saved through something, through what? Faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. So what's faith? Faith goes out and takes hold of the grace. So that's what this man did. When he believed God, his faith went out and took hold of the grace of God. So you got to use your faith today and i I want to encourage you in your faith today because you're going through some stuff. I know you are. If, if all you're going through is just being locked in the house with your kids for 30 days, you're going through something. Listen, but you got to use your faith, use your faith. God wants you to get to a place where you're using your faith for your provision. See, I told you earlier, I believe the enemy wanted to do two things with this. He's trying to isolate people and he's trying to cut you off from your supply. from your your source, from your resources. So he thinks if he can cut off your job, you're not gonna make it. No, listen, you need to recognize that thing is not your source. He's your source. He's your supply. He's all that you need. He's gonna supply you with all that you need according to his riches and glory. Come on. So he tells this man, go your way, your faith has healed you. And look what happens. Immediately, the man could see. And what does he do? He, Jesus said, go your way. What way did he go? He began to follow after Jesus. Listen, you can go your way. Which way are you gonna go? Your faith is gonna take hold of the promises of God. Now go your way. Which way are you gonna go? You go follow after Jesus. You run after Jesus. Now listen, I think there's more to this story. Because this man, they identify him by name. You don't find that too often as you read through the different miracles of Jesus, do you? You don't th- read through too many people where you see their names. You see it was a lame man. You see it was a whatever, a deaf, a deaf guy or something. And you see all, you see these things, a man with a demon-possessed spirit and all this. You don't see their names. And why do we have Bartimaeus' name? Because he became a follower of Jesus, so they knew who he was. So as they're writing about this story, Mark sharing this story says, "Oh, it was Bartimaeus. It was this was Bar- This is Bartimaeus' story, and probably the people reading this, a lot of them knew him because he was around Jesus. I bet he followed Jesus the rest of his life, and so they knew Bartimaeus. But I want you to catch this because I don't think his name was Bartimaeus at this moment. You know, Jesus had a habit of changing people's names because he changed their stories. He changed their lives." And their names represented something don't they your name represents who you are so when he saw he saw peter and his name was simon he says look you're not simon anymore you're peter because i'm making you a rock you know you see it throughout the word of god with abraham you're not abram anymore now you're abraham the father of many you see with jacob you're no longer jacob who's who's a swindler, you're now Israel, one who struggles, who wrestled with God and men and who has overcome. He changes people's names because he's changing their identity. So this man, Bartimaeus, it means he's the son of Timaeus. It means the son, a highly prized son, a highly prized, highly favored son. See, I don't think that's who he was at this time because if he was born blind, he was ashamed to his family. Because at that time, a lot of people thought, well, if, you were, if you're blind, it's because you sinned. If you're blind, it's because you're, maybe you were born that way, your parents must have sinned. Now that wasn't true, but that's what they thought. So what, what, is, what was he to his family? He was a shame. He was their son they didn't wanna talk about. He was the son that sat on the side of the road that everybody saw begging day after day, who wasn't able to provide for his own needs. There was nothing highly prized about him. But when he began to follow Jesus, everything changed. The day he met Jesus, his identity changed. He was no longer who he used to be. He was no longer ashamed. God took his shame away and made him a highly prized son. And I want you to know something today. That's exactly what he did for you and me. He's taken away your shame. He's taken away your past. He's taken away your sin. He's separated as far as the east is from the west. He remembers it no more. But he goes one step further, and he makes you not just a, a servant in the household of God like the prodigal son who said, I just want to come back and be a servant in your house. No, he, he, he's not satisfied with that. He wants to make you a son. He wants, he's made you a child of God. He's made you a child of the Most High God. He's changing who you are. He says, he says this, and I'm going to close with this in Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. He says, to him who overcomes, I'll give a, a white stone, and on it is inscribed a name that nobody knows except the one who receives it. And I find that so fascinating because when one day you're going to stand before God, and he's going to hand you this thing, this stone, this rock. It's a rock because it's, it's inscribed in the rock. It can't be changed. And on that rock is a name it's between you and him. He doesn't call you what everybody else calls you. Listen to me, church. He doesn't call you what everybody else calls you. He doesn't see you the way everybody else sees you. He doesn't see. He doesn't see you the way your family sees you. And maybe you look at yourself and you think I'm not. I'm not too special. And I've got all these mistakes. And I've got all these problems. And I've done all these things. But listen, he doesn't see that stuff. What he sees is a child of God. And he's got a name that he's written on a stone that's yours. And it identifies, your name identifies who you are. It identifies who you are to him and how he sees you. And I want you to know today, he loves you. And he cares about you. And just like this blind man who came to Jesus Jesus had such compassion on him but I want you to understand something Jesus didn't go out and find this blind man this blind man shouted until Jesus came to him listen and you find that time and time again throughout the word the people that had the miracles were the people who went out after them the people who got something from God were the people that went out and met God And I want to tell you something. Jesus, like I said earlier, he's standing at the door and knocking. But you got to be the one to open up to him. He's not going to break your door down. If you need something from God today, you got to use your faith and go get it. And we're going to pray for you in just a moment. And pray for every need you have. I want you, if you're in the house this morning, stand up with me. We're going to pray. But before we go any further, I got to tell you something. He loves you he sent his son Jesus he went out after you by sending Jesus now you got to go after him and say Jesus I want you in my life if that's you this morning and you know your life isn't right with Jesus and you were to you were to die today you don't say you you couldn't say I know for sure I'm going to heaven I want you to pray right now because you can know for certain that your life is right with Jesus you can know for certain that you're on your way to heaven the way you do it is by giving your life to Jesus. He said this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, see there's your mouth, and you believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, see your heart and your mouth got to work together, then you'll be saved. So I want you to pray this prayer with me. Right where you're at, if you need to make your life right with Jesus, just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. Make me a new person today. I give you my life, Jesus. I believe you are the Messiah. You are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Thank you, Jesus. And for the rest of you this morning, maybe you've got some needs during this whole thing going on, whether it's whether it's just standing in faith and believing, not letting fear come in. Maybe it's provision, maybe you maybe you need a miracle today. Maybe you, you're watching, you find yourself sick or something you need a miracle today we're going to pray for you right now i want you right now if you need a miracle you need a touch from god in your life whether if you're in this room i want you to just receive it right now just put your hand on your heart if you're watching on on screen today i want you to touch your screen as a as a point of contact and believe with me see this isn't about me doing it for you Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the one who's gonna make a way. He's the provider, he's your source, but you're activating your faith. And you're saying, Lord, I believe right now. And so, Lord, right now, we declare in the name of Jesus supernatural provision in this season right now that we're in. We use our faith, Lord. We sowed our seed and we thank you today for supernatural provision even today, Lord, if there's some that are watching or in this house that have needs financially, Lord, I thank you before this day is out, there's going to be supernatural provision that all of their needs are met according to your riches in glory. If you're watching today and you need a healing touch in your body, you agree with me right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that your Holy Spirit is just coming right now into the room. Your Holy Spirit is just touching and working that miracle right now. We rebuke sickness, we rebuke disease, we rebuke infirmity, you spirit of infirmity, we command you to go in the name of Jesus. Be healed right now. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Right now we just bless families, we bless, Lord, everyone who's watching, we bless their lives, we bless their families. We thank you, Lord, that you are making a way where there seems to be no way. Lord, we thank you for bringing peace into homes that this will be a season of the peace of God, the joy of the Lord, the love of God being manifest in their homes. We thank you for all those things in the name of Jesus if you were touched today i want you to to send us a note or comment let us know because we want to rejoice with you we're going to close out with a time of worship as they sing so we bless you today i want you to be watching later this week we're going to have some more videos and things coming out that hopefully are a blessing to you we're trying to put out as many things as we can over the next several weeks to be an encouragement to you so please feel free to share those i meant to mention to you earlier too. share this video right now because I believe the Lord wants to bless some other people through this thing later on too. So God bless you this morning. Let's worship.